0: Welcome to the Mind Body Business Podcast. Have you ever considered your superpower? If you had one gift to leave with humanity, what would that be? We believe that everyone possesses a superpower. This is your value proposition, your Genese quoi, to help make a tangible difference in the world. Each week, our show explores these superpowers with tantalizing thought seed germinating only from the power of collective thought. We invite you to join us for one hour each week and listen in as we dispense superpower knowledge from great people doing greater things. Welcome back, everybody. This is our second podcast we've recorded today. The First one was fantastic and we're going to shift directions a little bit today. Today's podcast, we have Daniel Mangina on and I, I love Daniel's story. I had the opportunity to speak to him a few months back. Uh, when we were um, when we first met. And he's doing some inspiring things. He's relocated to another country. He's originally from the UK, relocated to Mexico with his wife, where he now lives there with their I believe they have one child down in Mexico. Um, And he is he has centered his entire business and his life and what he does around his personal experiences and the struggles and the journeys that he's overcome. Um, And he's going to talk a little bit about that some of the trauma that he experienced early in his life and how instead of just folding and allowing life to, to, to sort of have its way with him, he re-engineered it and came up with his his own personal approach to living a, a successful, joy-filled life in a four-step system he calls the Beyond Intention Program. And so We're going to learn a little bit about that. Um, I, I don't know much about it other than I know that it has to do with manifestation, personal manifestation, um, a success mindset, uh, personal transformations around taking one's challenges and reorienting those to use those to your benefit. Um, there's a lot of spirituality that in, that's involved with it, personal discovery uh, around who you are, what you are, what you'll like this because it's sort of around your superpower and what your gift is to the world. And then a little bit around meditation and mindfulness, and then how he is or isn't using that in in his daily business life.
1: Oh, that's all the good things. So, Most importantly, though, is he going to let us live with him in his yeah location? I
0: think he's already Did started. We know that we're moving in. I think he's already started construction on that back side of we his have house. Small
1: dogs. Is that okay?
0: <laughs> Daniel, how's it going, man? Did, did I butcher the introduction or were you good with it?
2: No, I'm, I'm just wondering, are the dogs vegan? Because if they're not vegan, then they can't come. I'm joking, I'm joking. Somebody actually did that to me once. They were like, we're vegan, but we want a pet. I'm like, but you're vegan. You don't really agree with, well, we're going to get vegan dog food. And I really didn't understand that at all. So I make jokes about it whenever I can, but hey, how you doing? I'm Dan. <laughs> <laughs>
1: We'll need to sort this out. <laughs> so we're,
0: I was trying to tell Lisa where you were. Next, like, I couldn't remember. It was on the I'm Western Carbo. side,
2: if I recall. Right? No, I'm Carbo. We're Carbo. Yeah. Carbo. So I'm actually, I've moved into an office since we spoke last time. Um, and I can see the tip of the peninsula from my office as I can from my house. So I'm looking at Land's End and the famous Carbo Arch. I can see it from here. That's brilliant.
1: Yeah. That's a lot right there.
2: I know.
0: Things are getting crazy over here <laughs> in the states. Yeah, I, I can't my green card application a long time ago. <laughs> I can't it. So here and there, you freeze on us. Just FYI. So if it gets wonky, that's why it it, it just sort of keeps freezing on your side. I'm not sure why. Oh, that's my no bueno. <laughs> All right. Well, let's talk about who you are and what you're doing. So. You, I'm just reading from something that you shared with us. You are spearheading an evolutionary uplift in universal consciousness. Before I dive any deeper into that, tell me exactly a little bit about your business and what you're doing to spearhead universal consciousness. What exactly does that mean for, for lay people who don't
2: quite understand the, that terminology? I metaphorically think and basically having them stop using excuses that they're not magical, fairy, dust, angel, unicorn, human, folk You have something to contribute, giving them inspiration around that, giving them tools to actually bring that to life, and giving them examples that stop them actually having evidence to support narratives that they used to work with. And that's what I get to do every day through books and speaking and podcasts and other such delights. it
0: keeps, he keeps yeah, breaking out. Daniel, we only heard like three words that you just said.
1: Uh, he's frozen again.
0: And you're frozen again right now. Dang Is there any way he he you done. can leave the podcast like completely close your browser down and try to rejoin cuz you just keep freezing. I'm, I'm not
2: actually, hearing anything. You're going to do that. I'm going to do that. I'll be back. I'll be back. All right. I'll be back. All right. Okay.
0: Poop. All right, well, let's continue because we are recording. So we really like talking and you look beautiful, by the way.
1: Thanks, because I put them in my lips. I know. Other than that, you were, you
0: were <laughs> hideous before that. So real truthfully speaking, he he is doing some really cool things. Yes, I, I, I like, um, I like the first conversation we had because we sort of we were, we started talking around business and then it ended up in a whole different direction. Big surprise. Um, but <laughs> He and his Uh, wife, they just upped and left, and um, that's it, Mexico, and they've been living there. I want to say they've been there for almost six years now. I like how
1: you got off the conversation with him, and you're really excited. Yeah, I'm really excited to
0: talk to him. He's a really good dude. Like, I would like to just hang out with him.
1: And that's what we're going to do, because I guess we're going to be living in Cabo then.
0: (laughs) I don't even know where Cabo
1: is. It's on the other side.
0: It's on the western side, like I said, right? Yeah. Can you repeat what you said earlier because I didn't really um hear anything you said. So I'm just going to repeat the question that we don't have to, when we're in production that D- has an easier <laughs> chance of editing this. So <laughs> so you you talk about in in some of your language the your superpower, your mission in life is to spearhead revolutionary uplift in universal consciousness. And we hear a lot of language right now. Everybody's all about this universal consciousness. I'm awake. You're woke. I'm not woke. You're sleeping. I'm not sleeping. (laughs) Like everyone's dropping knowledge. Like it's like, like it's a dime store here. What exactly does that mean for a lay person who doesn't really understand awakeness or awokeness or consciousness or spirituality, and they're just a business person, businessman, businesswoman who are just trying to make waves like you and I are. What does that sort of that paradigm shift actually mean?
2: I, I really feel that the first point is to drop the attachment to any of that actually being all that fancy. It's like the word manifestation. We're all manifesting all of the time. Physical reality is a construct of an ongoing manifestation that we experience as we witness our thoughts reflecting back to us as energy-taking, shape as matter. Consciousness, what is it? It's the collective strands of, 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 of consciousness that are actually coming together to create reality. All of us have a consciousness, and when those come together, we've got collective consciousness. It's basically taking the non-physical aspect of all of us and looking at it as a whole. People are selling really great courses on Instagram that say that there's, there's more to it than that. But all that we're saying is the true part of who we are, looking at that as a whole and how every single one of us has a contribution to that whole. And that's what I call universal consciousness. So where does the idea of competition
0: and collaboration fit into that paradigm?
2: Competition, I think, when done healthily, it's just an expression of what happens in nature. For me, I always love to go back to nature, right? That's what what naturally, you know, nature is what naturally occurs. So in nature, we have survival of the fittest. And what that is, is that nature's always looking for the hard edge in terms of where its growth is going to be. And it's always going to be in the most productive um, and efficient allocation of itself, of its resources. So when you've got competition, what you're actually saying is, the natural selection of those who are better able to distribute resources for the greater good of of the many. Um, Collaboration, generally speaking, is one of the most effective ways to create an entity that's best positioned to better allocate resources. So you and I come together to create a piece of content, you and I come together to create a business. We've now got our combined energies actually going into an endeavor. That's better for everybody when people go into com- into competition with the idea that they have to kill, they have to destroy, they have to take people out at the knees, they have to get as much as they can from people and give as little back. That's coming from a place of lack, which is the least efficient allocation of resources. It's out of alignment with nature. There's always going to be an energetic cost to that as well, versus coming together and moving from a space of abundance, which is where collaboration comes from. There's going to be additionally surplus. I mean, if you look at I think they've done the science. And when you've got two coherent waves of energy or or sound, when they come together, they actually expand and create more. So when two people are abundantly coming together with a common idea, with a common objective that's abundant, it's just going to be better for everyone. Everybody gets more out of it. Everyone feels better out of it. And you're filled up versus being depleted. I like that.
1: That's a fabulous description of that and explanation. I
2: I got into a debate with
0: um, a colleague about a year ago uh you you referenced darwinian a few minutes ago i don't Mm -hmm. know why i'm talking like a robot i'm trying to gather my (laughs) thoughts here
1: (laughs) (laughs) you'll get there you'll get there
0: slowly (laughs) methodically but i got into this debate with him or a conversation that turned into a debate and he was talking about nature versus nurture and sort of darwinian principles and how humans have adapted themselves to survive because of the survival of the fittest. And, and he referenced, he's like, well, what do you think happens in nature? Like lions kill. And I'm like lions kill because they kill out of part of the cycle of life. They kill out of necessity to eat. They're not maliciously going out and intentionally looking to conquer a tribe of gazelles. They're just trying to feed their little cats. And, and so he went on to say, well, if you look at all forms of animal life, there's all sorts of competition going on on a regular basis. And I, and I kept going back to the same point. It's, it's competition only because each of those animals live in a sort of independent biosphere in their own community, if you will. But then within the biosphere of those animals, every single other animal that is anywhere in the proximity of them is in a symbiosis, whether they're, whether they're being eaten or, or, being, or they're one of the hunters, they're all serving sort of a central role even down to the minutia and the fungi and the plant life, all of it is feeding something else, which is feeding something else, which in turn feeds something else. And he never understood it. Um, And I I don't really, I'm not really sure why, but somewhere in human, and I'm going down a rabbit hole, so shut me off, we're gonna go back to business. But somewhere along the lines of human evolution, if you believe in evolution, let's just say human development, we didn't used to be a competitive species of people. We were sort of a collaborative symbiotic people, and indigenous tribes still re, sort of live in that subculture, if you will. Where in the history of humans did that change? Do you think?
2: Good one. And with I think Instagram if we... with
1: Instagram,
2: <laughs> 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 Instagram definitely, definitely re- re- uh, brought about a new evolutionary downshift on that one for sure. But um, but Instagram is indicative of the kind of thing that happened. There was an introduction of a new idea and with those who took that new idea and used it for their own benefit, their own gains. And that is one of the beauties and ugliness of having free will and having the level of consciousness that means that we don't have to be aligned with nature. We can do whatever the hell we want. So I can eat all of the ice cream and not share any with my wife or my stepdaughter, or I can, I can share it and be a nice human. I have the choice when we go into nature and look at what we do, for example, in business, like I said, it just works out better for me to collaborate with others, create the most value for our, our collective audiences and serve them at the highest level. You feel better, everybody wins. It's just, it's good business. I think it's Gary Vaynerchuk that said being kind is just good business, like it's the best strategy or whatever. Now, when you look at honesty, when you look at All of these ideas, dishonesty, it's people looking for an edge from a place of lack. And one of the things, if we're going to go down the rabbit hole again here, when we look at human consciousness, human consciousness is one of those things that has the capacity to experience contrast. When we look at polarity, the two sides of polarity, in in humanity, there has always been a dualistic nature of man. There were always going to be those that sat on the other side because the law of polarity says there has to be two ends of it. What we're, I think we're seeing now, for example, is that one narrative is being pushed as more successful, and therefore people are following that narrative in order to try and get ahead. When you look at what's happening in the collective conscious, like for example right now, the collective idea of, free, of fear, that collective agreement of fear is being pumped and prodded and pushed at people, and it's polluting their consciousness, that they're actually sitting on that disempowering negative lack based side of things. And now we've become a fringe people sitting on the abundant side. I like what you
0: started off with. You said people looking for an edge are coming at it from a, a place of lack. Mm-hmm. It's a really strong statement. And, and the, the whole duality. So, so i mean, let just see if I can expound on that in my own head, people coming at something from a place of lack don't really understand or acknowledge that part of their lack is 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 in a symbiosis with their excess. And in mm-hmm. order to have one or the other, you first have to experience one so that you understand what the other is. Mm-hmm. If 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 I've only ever had success in my business or in my life, and then I suddenly am met with some sort of a tragedy or a catastrophe, which it sounds like early on in your life you did. Mm-hmm what's the best way to grapple with that
2: from your from your perspective so from my own personal experience i mean i when i made my first million i was i just turned 20 right i was i was really young i hadn't been tested by life therefore i had no experience that meant that i had the capacity to even hold that which i'd created what also happened was because all i'd had was wins I developed a level of arrogance that pulled me out of alignment with the capacity for example to seek counsel to seek guidance and to seek mentorship and as a result again i wasn't resourced in order in order to hold so when we've been in a situation where all we've seen is one side we're actually limited in our choices because we're limited on our experience because our choices are going to be made from our experience a lot of the time that's going to happen unconsciously unconsciously we're going to flitter through what's happening in terms of our experiences and then come to an unconscious choice that we tend to follow with our conscious habits and behaviors. So if someone's in a situation where their unconscious habits and behaviors, unconscious choices are only one-sided, then unfortunately for that person without something coming in to disrupt that, the subconscious law of momentum says that they're gonna continue on that path. So if someone's only had positive experiences and they get hit with a challenge, they don't have the resources to go and deal with it it's like someone walking into the gym for the first day and trying to lift 500 pounds you haven't been working out you're going to break something or you're going to fall over or you're just not going to be able to move it versus someone who's had micro things they've had warm up they might not be able to do 500 but they might be able to get 100 up and ask for some help on the rest of it whereas someone who hasn't been tested at all is just going to be sort of running around completely unaware of the fact that support is actually one of the most powerful things that we can actually have. It blesses us and it also blesses the people that get the chance to support us too.
1: Hmm.
2: I like that perspective.
1: Have you been to the gym lately?
2: Not since Friday
0: <laughs> and I do not try to lift 500 pounds. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but do you think that people really have free will? I do believe that we have free will, but I believe that free will is mixed in with programming and collective agreements that sometimes are so strong. And we have such little experience with actually challenging those collective agreements that we fall into programs and have the illusion that we don't.
0: Hmm. Lisa and I were watching a show on Netflix. We don't watch a lot of TV, but occasionally mm-hmm. we get scooped into something and it was a show called dark.
1: I knew you were going to bring that up. It was the only one. We watched.
2: Have you ever heard of this show? I, I Is that, is it German? Yes. Yeah. I watched a little bit and it just looked a bit dark and I didn't really want to watch it before bed. (laughs) Well, it is called dark. So I'm (laughs) glad you picked up on that.
1: Actually, I was like, I don't know if I want to watch this. I called my son. I'm like, is this going to get like mm, scary?
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's not scary, but it is a bit dark, but it, but more than anything else, I actually, because it's in German, it's obviously captioned, right? Mm -hmm. I actually for years have been when I do watch TV, I actually put the captions on even if it's in English because I don't generally watch a lot of TV, but I find that uh, when you actually are forced to read the language on the, on the prompter that you're able to sort of, at least me, maybe I'm dyslexic. I'm able to process the language a little bit deeper for me Mm -hmm. when I actually read it, as opposed to, maybe that has something to do with why I read books instead of just like on a Kindle or something. Anyway, the show in of itself is, is really deep. And, mm-hmm. it center, and it centers around the context of time and, and free will and mm-hmm. chaos theory and sort of in that space. But there's a couple of lines that are constantly dropped throughout the series. And we haven't finished watching it. We're only in like season two, I, I think. But the the thought centers around that there is no such thing as free will. There is, There are events... And there are impeding events and competing events that get in the way of the final outcome. But Mm -hmm. regardless, the final outcome will always happen because it was already prescribed. And there's Mm -hmm. a bunch of things that interfere with the path that it takes. It's not a linear line, Mm -hmm. but no matter what, the outcome is always the same. Mm -hmm. I have a really hard time believing that because basically that says no matter what I do, my label has already been written and that's what i'm going to do and become regardless Mm -hmm. thoughts on
2: this so we're going to go down the rabbit hole again and talk about what a surprise (laughs) (laughs) but consciousness exists on several different levels all the way back up to unification with source right so we've got source that is unified and whole and then as we get more dense the Consciousness starts to spread out and start to see itself from different perspectives, but we always have the capacity to connect with those deeper levels of consciousness. Now, the thing is, is that sometimes for whatever reason, and I've witnessed this in my work and I've witnessed this in my teachers and just over my journey over the last 20 years, sometimes a choice about what we are adventuring on in our meat suits that we call human form is made at a level of consciousness (laughs) <laughs> is made at a level of consciousness that's sometimes further out of reach than we would normally engage with in our day-to-day lives. So for example, I love it when can I can I semi-curse? I'm not gonna say a really bad word. You can you can okay. fully curse. Okay. So sometimes people bitch about oh this is my soul contract. This is this is my soul contract. Yeah but soul contracts can be accessed rewritten broken and remade and I love when people are like well this is my soul's journey so I'm just going to follow through with like my soul's journey and I always come back to well at the end of the day if the soul was an infallible knowing thing then it wouldn't need to have an experience in your meat suit so therefore going out on this recon mission that we are in human form hanging out in three-dimensional reality we actually have a contribution to make back to whatever mission we set for ourselves, even at a soul level, because we've taken on new information. So wait, I, wait, go back again, repeat that again. So let's say, for example, you know, we're hanging out in wherever the souls hang out before they take the leap into human form, if this is what you're into, right? You know? And someone has says, oh, you know, I want to have this thing with you, or we're going to be, lovers, or we're going to be enemies, or I'm going to have this journey. But we've said it from that point of not actually knowing what's going to happen. It's from an imperfect place. It's not infallible because if it was infallible and all knowing, it wouldn't have to have the experience because the experience would be known at that level of consciousness already. So people that manifest in human form and go off on this adventure. And then they say, well, I can't divert from my original plan because my soul knows everything. And it told me this is what I'm going to do, even though we may take on new data. That actually indicates that maybe the mission can change, the mission was flawed, or maybe there's something else to do instead. So even that level of consciousness can be connected with, I know, because it's one of the things that I do, right? You can go into your records or whatever. Um, When people like to talk about, oh, this happened in my past life. This is why I behave this way. Okay, cool. Well, then do a past life regression and heal that experience and stop being led by it. Oh, this is my destiny. For there to be a destiny, then there can't be infinite possibility. And given that that's been demonstrated, at least on some level, to be the highest probability of what the universe actually is is built on, then how can we say that this is the only way that something can or must happen? So for me, every single level of consciousness can be accessed. Some of it requires more work, more training, more learning, and different types of resources, but they can all be accessed, and so the narrative that I'm tied to a narrative that was scripted at another level of consciousness for me is bullshit.
1: So basically the sky's the limit is what you're saying.
2: Well, right. otherwise we don't have infinite possibility.
1: Yeah. So, it, oh, sorry, go, go, ahead. go. no, ahead. You go, you go. no you, I can ask this there. Go ahead.
2: So,
0: so infinite possibility. Mm-hmm. I know this, I know this is supposed to be a business conversation, but, we'll but because there's so much. Well, it's funny because you know people make fun of me sometimes because I I always like to take this to a different level of a conversation.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But what I think what I think some people don't quite understand, at least this is my perspective, is that at, at the crux of everything we do, whether it's playing football mm-hmm. or running a business or raising mm-hmm. children, th- there is a level of sort of cosmic karmic infiniteness that. Is that the crux of everything we do? So mm-hmm. it's not we're not just doing business. We're trying to create a better life for ourselves, and in, in mm-hmm. by, by creating a better life for ourselves, we're having a positive impact on those around us. By having a positive impact on those around us, we're changing the way they might view the world. By the way mm-hmm. they change the world, they're having a cascade effect. And so mm-hmm. I always get in these conversations with people that don't believe in spirituality. They only believe in a religious god, if you will, mm-hmm. and and they think like that. There's only just there's just this, this one way to think about something, and it for me that feels really small minded and conditional. And so I, like I always that. go back to the fact of these. And I'm getting more of this. These infinite possibilities and the esoteric pieces and the spirituality and the manifestations. They're all just sort of, they're all just sort of tools that we have been given mm-hmm. as humans by whomever gave us these tools, right? to create some sort of a life that makes the most sense for us given the information we have at our
2: disposal. Mm. Would you agree with that? Yes, and I also would agree that for me personally, I don't really get caught up in how other people access the tools or the tools that they do. That's a waste of energy that I could be using, using my tools and having a kick-ass life myself. I like that. I just, I just, I, I really don't give my energy to other people's realities. When people invite me to co-create an expansive experience that we quantum overlay together, then I do it. We had this opportunity to create something lovely here in this conversation. When we spoke last time, I felt filled up. So that's a hell yes from me. I'm gonna come to do that again. If I'm gonna be depleted or drained by it, then it's a hell no. I'm just not going to do it. Someone wants to have an argument with, with me about the way the universe works or what's why, what's right or what's wrong. I say, okay, you're right. Why? Because infinite possibility means that the, the lens through which they're seeing their reality, that's true for them. It may not be for me, but they're entitled to their layer of reality as long as it doesn't infringe on mine and the ones of those who are, for whom I have a responsibility, like my three-month-old son, my five-year-old stepdaughter, my nephews and nieces who aren't yet at a space where they've got the analytical function to do that for themselves. So other than that, I let people sort of get on with it. You wanna be a misogynist, you wanna be racist, you wanna be a, a twat in any way, shape or form, have at it. If it starts to come over here, then I'm going to defend our bubble of space. But as far as other people being allowed to do what they wanna do, then I'm, I am I leave them I leave them to it, really. But where
0: do those lines get blurred? This is where I struggle with, and I'm mm. not going into COVID. I promise Lisa, I wouldn't go into a COVID <laughs> conversation.
2: <laughs> She's the gatekeeper. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's the fastest way to get yourself censored these days.
0: Where does business are the business there. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> Where do the lines blur? Like I, I I'm always struggling with: Do I have a personal and moral responsibility to mm-hmm. share my perspective on what's going on with people who haven't quite yet come across that information
2: of their own accord? For me, I have a responsibility to share information with those. Who are presented to me to share that information with uh that's
1: a big, big qualifier so i don't
2: i don't pontificate or preach at people but my so my personal agreement with the universe with god is that if you've got someone that you want me to be a conduit for the information that you've given through me to mm-hmm. then present and if i feel called now i use my human design so i check my gut If it's a hell yes in my gut, or there's an opening that's created, then I follow that breadcrumb. And if there's not, then I say, I'm really sorry to hear that, or how interesting, or, okay, thanks for sharing that. And I don't get into it. Hmm. I don't get into it. Because here's the thing, people are running around claiming facts on something that they have no freaking facts about. Everybody's a politician last year, and a political theorist. Everybody's now got a medical degree. Everybody's a freaking guru. Everyone's a shaman. My mate's visiting us at the moment. He's actually a shaman. He actually went out to the jungles of Peru and actually spent time learning to be a shaman. But everyone that's giving out cups of ayahuasca nowadays is a shaman, right? <laughs> oh <my laughs> and a healer. Tell him about the sign we
0: saw in Mexico on the side of the road. Like, after, like, It was like a gas station, basically, and they were a- advertising coming in for a, a cup of ayahuasca.
1: Oh, I, really? remember that. I just yeah. remember being in Sedona and everybody was a Reiki master and everybody. And I'm just like, yeah. we're the only, yeah. you, you've, it's like you've <laughs> heard our conversations. Yeah.
2: <laughs> because I did.
1: <laughs>
0: Daniel, we were driving on our motor scooter down. We were in Tulum recently and mm-hmm. Lisa and I were driving down one of the busy roads where most of the traffic is. And, you know, they have all the different boutique shops and all the different, mm-hmm types of shops that are in Mexico that you see everywhere and somebody selling mm-hmm. clothes and somebody selling a 14 foot ceramic giraffe. And then right oh, next to it yeah. was, yeah, and then right next to it was basically a, a gas station that was advertising ayahuasca ceremonies. <laughs> and it was like yeah, that, that I'm pretty sure is... that's not where we
2: wanna do our ayahuasca ceremonies. today. <laughs> I'm just not really, I'm not really, I'm not really gay for that. But for me, again, I have my opinions on it. We're having a conversation where we have Agree, we have an agreement that it's an open space to share our opinions on it, but we're not forcing any opinion on it or even on the listeners. We're sharing, and those who are going to listen are going to listen. I have my opinions. I live by those opinions. Um, I tend to have deeper conversation with those who share my opinion or with those who are open to exchanging ideas because I know my opinion might be wrong. Right? I'm not saying that I'm right. I'm saying this is what I, I know, but I'm always open for it to be challenged because that's what growth is, right? But, you know, everybody... Like you said, being a Reiki master or everyone's a coach. My God, everyone is a coach. I mean, Sam Sam Ovens, I think is responsible for that one. I mean, he made tens of millions of dollars convincing everyone that there should be a coach. And some people who had the innate gift actually came forward and share that gift with others. And other people are chasing a dream that may not yet be from my personal experience, you know, firsthand witnessing. But I just, I, I don't really, I think it's just a bit ridiculous, I think.
1: But, yeah. I, I love your, your mindset on this, though, to be a conduit when, when it's available for you and, and trusting in your gut. Like, honestly, that would solve so much friction, so much, you know, it, it becomes Bible bashing. Mm-hmm. Honestly, when, when someone comes knocking on your door to push religion down your throat, when it's mm-hmm. not, your belief is always going to end up in, in contention.
2: I mean, I have this with my wife. My wife's Russian American, and she's got very Russian ideas about things sometimes. So, for example, she's an everything is perfect, everything's the way it's supposed to be. So, we don't need to set intentions. We just need to just listen to our soul. This is her. And I'm like, Mr. Intention. I'm like, yeah, that's great. But, you know, energy is awaiting instruction to take physical matter, and that's happening consciously or unconsciously. And if the soul is riding on a mix with an unconscious program that's not so groovy, there may be something not so well. Bueno gonna... But we have created a space where we enjoy actually butting heads in a playful way around those I- around those ideas. Mm-hmm. She knows that she's never gonna convince me that, and I know I'm never gonna convince her, right? But we've got a fun space where we enjoy those. Whereas like, even sometimes when I'm doing my work and having a workshop, or even once it's happened on a retreat, someone comes in with an idea counter to what people have actually spent money coming to learn from me, and they want to change the narrative of the space to fit their belief for whatever reason or intention that that's the case. And for me, that's just a bit ridiculous. You spent money, (laughs) you spent thousands of dollars to come and hang out in a space that's prescribed to be on a certain ethos a certain idea a certain ideology and instead of coming and contributing to that space not because i'm saying oh i'm the guru and i know everything i'm always open to learning from the people that come into the space but coming into a space and coming to force your ideas on people and say no you're wrong and i'm right i think it's just a bit ridiculous
0: did you and your wife come about that space that you, you called it that fun space where you you bring your two energies, your competing energies together. Was that something you consciously created or was that it just kind of
2: happened by accident? It happened by accident. I mean, I, I went into like a whirlwind. Like we met and got married in like seven months. It was like, hey, okay, you're my soulmate. Let's do it. And then afterwards, as you get to actually know the person that you've actually got married to, so like, oh, we don't agree with that, do we? No, we don't. Oh, okay. This is going to be fun, but I had the choice, am I going to, or am I going to, because I have the level of consciousness, I'm not speaking about how I'm speaking about me. I have the level of consciousness where I can actually take this and transmute it into a space for playful growth for both, an opportunity to witness contrast, an opportunity for me to be challenged on what I believe on a regular basis, then I'm going to take that choice instead of being a little bitch about life instead. Hmm.
0: Cause I'm trying to figure out a way that I can find that fun, playful space where Lisa realizes that everything I say is correct because a lot of times, <laughs> so how do I give her?
1: he no, no, said exactly what I was thinking though. It's a challenge. It's good to be challenged rather than, you know, yeah. feeding someone and someone being like, yes, dear, whatever you say, you know, that's a mm-hmm. little cool, boring. Yeah. Like it, then it, it causes you to step up and, you know, yeah. think through things and potentially grow as well. Um, I'm really interested in um, talking a little bit about Reality Transferring Practitioner.
2: What
1: is that (laughs) and how are you changing people's lives?
2: So Reality Transurfing is a modality that was created by a Russian guy called Vadim Zeeland. And um, what was fascinating was that a friend of mine, Julia, sent me a YouTube channel and she's like, hey, you got to check this guy out. I've been listening to your stuff for a couple of years now. I think you're gonna find some alignment with what this guy's got to say.
0: Tell me his name again, Daniel. Vadim Zeland.
2: How do you spell his last name? Z-E-A, no, Z-E-L-A-N-D. It's Cyrillic, phonetically converted to Zeeland. Got it, okay. And so the thing I loved the most initially was that it was saying, yeah, we're doing visualization, but we're embodying what we're visualizing. And we're taking some freaking action not sitting around waiting for some huffy puff angels to deliver our successful business or our health or our happy relationship from this guy it's very grounded it's very real but also very magical um vadim goes into the construct of reality he's got some theories and philosophies around that that he invites us to look at um so what people might refer to as the quantum <coughs> field or you know the infinite possibilities he's got a whole um, section of his work That refers to this as the space of variations. It's like a data matrix in which all points in time are actually encoded as information that we actually connect with through visualization and then embody and then becomes our reality. it's also got a whole analogy of life being like a a film, a movie, and that we've got snapshots and we've got scenes and we're moving through scenes in the movie, and how we can create our reality by focusing our energy on the upcoming scene, the upcoming slide, versus wasting our time trying to change what's already happened so that we can more effectively create our life. So I got into the work, I spent a couple of years really digging into it and seeing if it was for me. Um, I find myself to be in alignment with a lot of it. Uh, I went and got myself certified as an instructor just so that I could speak on it. I, I like to respect people's work. I'm not gonna speak about somebody's work unless I've you know I've gone in and actually got the paperwork to say that I'm actually <laughs> legit to do so. And I integrate it very much into my work now. Um, I specialize in one particular area of his work. I do some group coaching around it. I do a study group for the community as well as just an active service. And um, a lot of my intensive coaching actually uses that as a basis for what we we use to actually empower people to create their own life.
0: So a little bit about about this living your purposeful life that you talk about. When you Mm -hmm. work one-on-one directly with the client, how mm-hmm. much how much work is done? Actually, you, you describe how do you work with a client to live mm-hmm. a purposeful life? What is sort of some of that cadence and the steps that go into that
2: process? The first thing that we do is shut down this bullshit idea that there is one singular soul and all important purpose for your life. Because for that to be the case, again, we've just dropped out of infinite possibility. We've said that there is only a singular outcome that we're here to do, versus What I refer to as the dream which is a general strength a general power a general idea or a general direction that we are most optimally aligned to move in the direction of and then purpose becomes the embodiment of that which gets taken against juxtaposition with what we take on as new information so as I get new ideas new information new learning new opportunities new insights I can actually frame what my purpose is going to be against that backdrop always honoring what I'm called to from here, from the heart, from the soul, internally, but I'm not being tied to, oh, this is the only thing I can do. It's, I ask myself these two questions and I invite my clients to do this. Based on what I have right now, what feels good and does no harm? What lights me up and doesn't pull or bash or detract from the lives of others? And we follow those breadcrumbs continuing to expand Continuing to honor the laws of the universe and seeing where the hell that takes us. Because for me, life's an adventure to be lived and experienced. Why get caught up in these idea, the the idea that that, there's only one way to do it. We're just cutting ourselves off from all the fun, I think.
0: So I, I don't disagree with you, but that's all. I'm going to play devil's advocate. That's all well mm-hmm. and good for mm-hmm. somebody who has already made their millions. What mm-hmm. do you say? What do you say to a struggling entrepreneur who is living paycheck to paycheck, doing mm-hmm. something that's grueling and not mm-hmm. necessarily harming anyone but themselves? Mm-hmm. That it's harming mm-hmm. themselves. What do you say to somebody who who comes to you and is like? I'm doing nothing with my life. I feel like there's so much more to my potential. I should figure out what, I'm not speaking about me, by the way. Yeah, I was just going
1: to be <laughs> like, is this concern? No,
0: I'm just curious. Like, what do you say? Paycheck
1: to, to paycheck. We need
0: to- <laughs> I'm just curious. What do you say to somebody who, who is struggling with figuring out what their purpose is? How, mm-hmm. how do they, how do they sort that out?
1: I, I think it's well. just saying that right now, everybody's wanting this immediate success and they're seeing everyone across all social media platforms have constructed this course or they're doing that or whatever. And they have one thing and they're making millions and and it's trying to catch up to that. Like I need that one thing. Well, I'll tell
0: you something, I, just to be transparent, I'm not talking about myself, but I could be talking about us in a capacity. Lisa and I have three separate businesses. Mm hmm. Both of them are around the content um, creation, photography. We work with a lot of We're clients. Just trying
1: to get free coaching
0: right now. No, I'm just curious. <laughs> and, and then we have a third business that you know that helps other businesses with content and branding and social media. And then we have this podcast. And and truthfully speaking, I consider myself relatively talented. But I'm mm-hmm. all over the place. And I know a lot mm-hmm. of people just like me. And to add, mm-hmm. to, Lisa's, to add to Lisa's point, you know, I know some people who are working nine to five jobs who absolutely fucking hate their life. And I was with a couple of them a few weeks ago. Um, they invited me to come down to play softball with them. And the, the entire conversation was centered around how they, they didn't want to leave the ballpark because. They, A, would have to go home to their wives, which none of them wanted to do, which I don't quite understand. And B, they had work that they hadn't done and they had to get ready because it was Sunday and they didn't want to go back because they didn't want their weekend to end. And I'm just thinking, I'm leaving, guys. I, I'm going to go meet Lisa. And they're like, you actually want to hang out with Lisa? I'm like, Fuck yeah, I want to hang out with Lisa. Like, I'm, I really enjoy her. And, and I, I'm getting somewhere. I really enjoy what I do, but I know so many people who absolutely hate what they do, but they're stuck in that space and there's no way out. So if you had the magic wand, in this case, it's my magic back scratcher that my daughter gave me when she was three, what do you do to somebody? What do you say to somebody to help them transform their life so that they can understand that there is a way out of the doldrums of, of, that they're living in? And, and how, do they, how do they
2: navigate that?
1: Because I think, I think we become childlike in a way, like as we can tell our children, here's the one answer. This is the one thing that you're going to do. And sometimes as an adult, we want that, that easy Absolutely. medicine, you know, just feed it to us and we'll do that as opposed to having that freedom of what you're saying. You know, you're expanding somebody's life and expanding their opportunities and their purpose. So teach us. <laughs>
0: oh, no, I'm genuinely <laughs> curious because a lot of the people that listen to our podcast are usually they're entrepreneurs. But we also have a lot of people who are sort of in a nine to five capacity and they they like it because it's somewhat inspiring or whatever. And and I get asked this question a lot. You get you actually get to talk and answer this question, but I get asked this question. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't get to talk in the last podcast, so I'm finally just all <laughs> vomiting right now. <laughs> uh-huh. But I get asked this question a lot. Like, I used to work in. <laughs> I used to work in the commercial world, and I left the commercial world because I was bored. I hated what I was doing. It was not making a difference in anyone's life, and, you know as important as most people think they are. By and large, we're really not that important in the scheme of things. Like we're all replaceable. But I left that world because I wasn't doing anything that was fulfilling to me. And I, I didn't want to get up in the morning to do what I had to do, and so I was like, "I'm just done." And I get asked that question a lot of times by people: "How did you do that?" And I was just like, "I just kind of did it. I, <laughs> I, I just kind of did. It was either it was either succeed or fail, and I wasn't going to fail. And so, but I don't know that a lot of people are capable of doing that.
1: Mm. So what was the question. So <laughs> the question
0: was: When you meet people who are in a in a place of of. A place of, from their perspective, there's, there's no end in sight. It's just, this mm-hmm. is just what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna be Milton with my stapler in the basement of the office for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. How do you talk them down out of that? Or, or is that not part of
2: what you do? So I've got an idea, a central idea. So my work really comes into a combination of beyond intention, which is how we master our choices. The flow funnel, which is how we dance with reality and then our DNA, which is how we find our optimal flow. All right. So first and foremost, what we need to do is strip away the the, the frantic narrative and just get to a solid foundation of actually deciding what it is that we wanna create. We've got several tools for that. I've got um, some visualization work I do, one for example called the quantum mirror, where we actually drop into a deeper level of consciousness and we actually invite our soul to communicate to us where we want to go right now so right now there's a lot of noise okay especially if we're up in beta brain waves there's a lot of stuff going on if we dropped it out for a little bit we can actually see what's going on under the hood we can see what's going on under the hood there's an idea in reality transfer called heart and mind coordination where we actually allow our heart space to give us some direction on where we are called to go right now now this may not be where we end up and it may not even be where we end up consciously choosing to go but this is where the coordination piece comes in because I can look at that and I can decide what of this do I actually want to keep and what do I not want to keep or what way do I want to embody what's actually coming through from the heart space what I see so often is people try to they may have a, a feeling of a calling towards something then when we look at the midnight midlife crisis stuff what we see is people that spend 15 20 years going to build a life around this idea But it actually fallen out of whack because it actually got it right in terms of the underlying idea but got it fudged up in terms of the execution so i want to help people you might not want to be a doctor and that's probably why you're burnt out and not really happy doing what you're doing but the other thing as well is that people feel sometimes that their vocation has to be the way that they embody that you don't have to leave your job and go and be a struggling musician you can join a band and do that on the weekend to create balance mm-hmm. whereby you're actually taking care of your responsibilities as a, as a parent and as a, as a family family person. And then still have the opportunity to express yourself and have that creative outlet. For someone who's got like just shitty relationships with everything going on in their life, with their home life, with their career, then they're completely out of whack. And what we need to do is actually strip back down to basics and identify at a heart level, what is it that I actually want? And there are different exercises that you can do to 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 access that that's where we'd start a very basic one is something i call the idle life blueprint and it's more of an outer level of consciousness uh, experiment uh, exercise to do and all that we do is we actually just sit down and say if i had to put the life that i want to live into five boxes what would those boxes be And the way that I get people to do this is to brainstorm, what are the things that you love to do, what things actually light you up and make you feel good about yourself. You brainstorm them and then you group them into five rough groups and you create a label for each of those five groupings. And now you've got five core areas that you can focus on actually devoting time and energy to. Now we've got a base, a baseline to work from. So now we can ask ourselves, where are we on a scale of one to 10 in each one of these areas? In terms of 10 being that imperfection, let's say, for example, one of them is a creative expression. But that creative expression is being starved and strangulated because I'm not doing anything about creative expression. A 10 out of 10 might be that uh, I get to create art on a daily basis or I get to express myself creatively on a daily basis. And it's an integral part of my life. That would be a 10. So right now I might be a one. Let's say, for example, um, loving connection is a big part of of, of one of my boxes. So loving connection, a 10 out of 10 might be that I've got healthy, expansive connections with the people in my life. The people, places, and things in my life fill me up and nourish nourish me. I might have kids I hate, a partner that I hate, and friends that are just shit. So <laughs> I might be a two out of 10 there, right? Maybe freedom to express myself and choices through my the, the level of abundance I've got could be another box. For me, I've got that as financial freedom. So it could be having that level of financial abundance allows me to make the choices I want when I want without having to think about the cost. That could be a 10. Right now, you could be paycheck to paycheck, in which case you're probably a 2. So we get these five areas. We work out where we are on a scale of 1 to 10. And then we ask ourselves this one question. What can I do right now? Not to get from a 2 to a 3 or a 2 to a 5. What can I do to get from a 2 to a 2.1? That's it. So just baby steps. Baby steps. This is the micro shift. But none of this works unless I've got at least this starting baseline. And guess what? These five areas might change. I challenge my five every single day. And sometimes they shift. I sit down and I say, my five pillars, are these still the ones for me? What I've learned, what I've been reading, what I've been experiencing, has that brought around, brought about a desire within me to change this box or even to change the substance of it? Maybe I've... And I had this before, I was like eight to nines out of 10s on a couple of areas for a very long time. And I realized i have been playing small. So I, I I pushed the bar up and I ended up being a five against that new bar. But this is growth, this is expansion. So I keep pushing, pushing the limits on it to make sure that I'm growing. And again, challenging to make sure this is actually still what I want as I continue to grow and learn, learn new things and be open to new experiences. But it starts with at least a basic initial list. Brainstorm out, put them into five groups, Design what that looks like in perfection as a 10 out of 10, knowing that you may never hit it. But if you keep chipping away every day, you'll get deep, pretty damn close. It's And it's all it's an
0: iterative process, isn't it? Because mm-hmm. we know better than, than anyone. I mean, we've changed our business model over the last four years a couple of different times trying to figure out what our secret sauce is as we've come mm-hmm. together.
1: Do you, When you're talking about the, the rating system within those pillars, do mm-hmm. you think as humans that we ever get to a point where we're hey we're content or do you of course you can to continually strive and that's part of being our human nature to be happy to to push ourselves to discover new things
2: but I can be I can be content and still grow Mm -hmm. for me someone that can't be content is not someone that's growing someone's running away and chasing after the next thing versus I'm really happy here I want to grow into more of my happiness that I'm experiencing here at this place where, within which I'm content. Does that make sense?
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: You talked at the outset of what you were, as you were starting to describe how you work with clients, you talked a little bit about energy waves, beta, alpha, et cetera. Is, mm-hmm. is that is, and I understand that um, relatively well, Mm-hmm. Is, is that an actual technical process that you have that you take people through in order to change that alignment or is there something else to that?
2: You, there is a technical aspect to it too. Sometimes we actually use measuring implements. Like you can get a Muse headset, for example, for a couple hundred bucks and uh-huh. it will tell you how many beats per yeah. what's it you're at. And it will say whether you're beta, alpha, or, or theta. Um, so we can do that because we want to be in alpha so that we can actually access more of our minds and therefore elicit more change.
0: But but I, I guess I'm sorry. I may have not answer, asked the question properly. How are you actively changing that paradigm or that energy shift for people? Are you do you actually have a process that you take them through? I listen to binaural beats, for example, when I meditate. I mm-hmm. So is, is that is, how does one change their energy level? If if I'm if I'm operating in this in this in beta, sort of a negative, almost a flatline sort of space, right?
2: Is that am I correct? Outer, outer consciousness are so like awake. I'm up. I'm here, like I'm alert. And then high beta is like fight or flight, like. Yeah, beta yeah. is where most people are at. We're just completely in our conscious mind, really, and we're not accessing all of ourselves. So by by meditating, by doing mm-hmm. binaural beats, by ch- by being
0: outside in nature, by walking barefoot in the grass, like those sorts mm-hmm. of things, those are those are actual, those are actual real tactics that one can do Bam. to change their energy level. But in your in your process of, of teaching people to become better people, better humans, more purpose-driven, do you actually have a process to change those energy levels
2: that you're taking them through? Yes. And it starts with stop trying to follow other people's processes and understand your own. Huh. And this is where the DNA aspect comes in uh-huh. to the work that I do. It's and, and people see, I see this in business all the time. And we, we joked around it earlier when we said, you know, everybody's saying that they're a coach or a consultant or a shaman. It's like, that might not be your jam, bro. Like- it <laughs> might not be where your zone of genius is. We all have a place that we're going to find the most flow. And that's going to be a combination of what we carry over from other lifetimes, what we carry over in our DNA. For example, we've got trauma can get passed on in the DNA, uh, what we've experienced as children when our unconscious patterns and programs are being built out, what we experience going into puberty and engaging with reality in a different perspective. All of these things impact where we're going to have the most effect. Some people aren't going to get that groove doing a meditation they're not going to do it but walking barefoot on the beach they're going to drop in and and get it like a motherfucker right some people are going to get it going for a run not me but those people are out there right so everybody's got their own way and it's developing a deep enough relationship with yourself to actually know what the hell that is instead Mm. of chasing after what the latest instagram influencer from tulum doing their ayahuasca tea stop business is, 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 is telling you to pay 997 for their Instagram program to learn the secrets of the universe like it's bullshit get to know your fucking self man I love that that can be scary though of course it is because then we can't blame the course that we bought on the internet that didn't work <laughs> you have to take responsibility what? What not is that? Everybody's ready for that.
0: What is that about that? When you say that, what does that mean to you? That that's scary. What do you mean by that? I understand it, but what does that mean to you?
1: Well, I I think you know some people are are afraid to take that responsibility and take that first step and risk. You know, it may not work out or it may work out. So I'm just going to sit back here and be like semi comfortable. Mm-hmm.
2: And that might be there. That might be what they do. This turn around the sun. Mm-hmm. And for me, it's a lamp. I, I had this all the time, right? And. Like my higher priced stuff, it's always funny when I see it in my higher priced stuff, right? You know, someone comes and pays tens of thousands of dollars to come and hang out with you and, and get change and they hit an edge and you offer them the opportunity to be supported through the edge and they wanna stay where they are. It's like, okay, bro, but I'm like one of the things I let people know at the outset, I'm not gonna be able to do the healing for you or the heavy lifting for you. i kick you up the butt, I'm responsible, To you, but I'm not responsible for you. We're gonna, I'm gonna dig in and I'm gonna bring all of myself. But if you're gonna stop at the finish line, that's up to you. I'm not gonna take responsibility for you not going over the line. I'm gonna provide the resources, the support, the coaching, the mentorship, the guidance, the resources for you to be able to, but you have to do it. And guess what? Not everybody wants to do it.
0: Well, that's that's difficult language to, to, take in and today everybody feels entitled everything everything should be handed to them nobody you
2: know they hand out welcome, yeah welcome to do that but they can fuck right off of it because i'm not in that party at all (laughs) no no i i I hear you but i i I
0: find it interesting because you you're you're all about personal responsibility you you can only lead a horse to water there's a hundred different cliches you can say for this but Mm-hmm. it's interesting because a lot of people and, and we deal with a lot of younger people in, in our business, a lot of people, and you said it at the outset, they expect that instantaneously if they take this class or if they, mm-hmm. if they follow this influencer or do, and we do Instagram classes and a lot of times we we're teaching people and everyone's just like, they just want instantaneous success. If mm-hmm. I post that really cool photo and, and it's going to go viral, suddenly I'm going to be paid thousands to be an influencer and mm-hmm. and I don't know where that came. I think it was sort of a slow drip over the last how many ever years, 20 years, mm-hmm. honestly, truthfully, there's been a slow drip of just mm-hmm. that concept of you don't really have to work for anything. It just sort of comes to you because they've, they've observed other people through television or through social media and they mm-hmm. had instant success. And so now everybody thinks they can do the exact same thing. It's mm-hmm. a, it's a crazy, it's a crazy concept to overcome. And I, I imagine when you work with people, There's probably a lot of pushback or maybe I'm
2: wrong. Well, I'm really quick to refund people (laughs) and let them know that, like, if you're not here to do this for the long term, then I don't have anything for you. But I'm also really blessed in that with this side of my business life, I don't need the money from it because I make money with things that don't actually really take my time and energy. So I can literally show up and okay, so you want to do this or not? Like, for example, a sales conversation with me doesn't include a follow-up, never includes a follow-up. It's, okay, this is where your needs are. This is where I can support you. If you're game, you know where to find me. And if you don't find me, then I guess I'm going to be continually living my life because I really don't care if you buy from me or not. My life isn't going to change if you buy my service or not. That puts me in a very, very different situation. And it also means that I, I, I'm i not chasing people who are going to pay me Mm. i'm interested in sharing my energy with people that we're going to expansively add something to one another in the process of and if that dynamic doesn't exist then i'm i'm not really into it so the pool of clients then just it it drops that pool of clients the people that have actually passed that stress test so Mm. those that make it to that point then you have to be open to me having certain conversations with you and if you're not open to me having certain conversations with you that i tend to seek to find out before there's an exchange of money, then I'm not for you. And if you get past that time, if past that stress test and we're in an exchange situation, then the paperwork says that you know if you're not pulling your, your weight, then I'm gonna not work with you anymore. And that's oh, a that, that
1: great vetting Yeah, that's stress test. That's a really great vetting process so that you're not wasting your your gifts and your energy and your expertise and feeling that frustration of not having them received. That's brilliant.
2: Mm-hmm. I mean, look, here's the thing, guys. When creating your own job, why are you going to create one that's going to piss you off? It just doesn't really make any sense to me at all. And even people that don't necessarily work with me, but for example, buy programs and they get to add get to ad- groups and stuff, it's at my discretion. If you're taken away from my community, you can still have the program, but you're not gonna be in our fucking online groups and stuff like that. You, you're just not gonna be able to do that. Just not happening. I'm sorry, I don't really want your vibe here. <laughs> this is my virtual land and I want it to be one that I feel good in and I want other people to feel good in.
1: Well, then so it an elevates it for everyone.
2: Yeah, Are we living in
0: a simulation? Speaking of virtual?
2: Uh, I do kind of, I groove with hologram theory. It's very sexy to me. It feels good in my body. And also it allows me to take personal responsibility to the nth degree because every single thing in my reality is a reflection of what's happening inside of me. Mm -hmm. So even when I'm working with clients, I see in the client an aspect of me that's calling for healing. Mm -hmm. So I'm actually working on myself when I'm in relationship with someone. I'm not, helping you heal, I'm looking at the parts of me that are called for healing. So even when somebody drops out, I look at the parts of me, for example, that are not ready to move to another level, or where within me, I'm hiding or not ready ready to face something, or there's a shadow that I'm not ready to look into. So instead of me trying to chase after the person, I go deeper into myself and look at what's being called called forward.
0: Hmm. I I think we talked about this before, but I'm I'm about four or five chapters into a really fascinating book called The um, Holographic Universe, I believe it's called. Yeah. Yeah. It's fantastic to think about. And and one of the things I'm getting hung up on right now, and you mentioned it casually earlier about the DNA changes that go on through our body. And Mm -hmm. every single day, there's cellular structures that are being Mm -hmm. metastasized throughout the day based upon how I understand it you talked about how you we absorb trauma and then that changes your DNA structure and whatnot. But uh, what I'm really getting stuck up on is the concept of observed versus the observer and mm-hmm. the impact that has on our reality. Mm-hmm. And so I struggle with that. And I'm curious mm-hmm. what your thoughts are around that.
2: I actually found my understanding of that in a completely, a, a place you wouldn't expect it. It's The Alchemy of Finance by George Soros. Yeah, I know that book. Yeah. Isn't that the same George Soros who's behind a lot of nonsense right now? That's what they say. I've never met the guy, but the book was really good. So if I meet him and he's an arse, I'll, I'll pour a drink in his face. But for now, <laughs> <about> us, so. <laughs> like, if, if if I finally, if I'm let into the back offices of the cabal, I'll do some sabotage and, you know, <laughs> I'll beat Jason Bourne about it. But for now, he's a guy who I've never met or spoken to. So I'm not going to judge him based on what I read on the internet. I'm gonna judge him on the face value of what would happen if I got to connect with him and being as well. But yeah. for now, this book definitely had some, some nuggets. And it just shows the, the relationship, even in terms of markets between where the markets go, where people are relationship to it, observing the markets, the thoughts and expectations that we have about it and how those impact it. And in my work, I pull that aside and I look at the power of expectation. And then a driving influence behind what I encourage people to look at is, how our expectations create the framework against which we create our reality. Um, I'll go that one more time, case. how our expectations create the framework against which we create our reality. So when we, even we look at um, Tim Young, Tom Young, Tim Young, the guy that first did the split test experiment that everybody now is doing and saying it proves quantum physics, but there is something around it that we can't deny. And that's that when the observer stepped out of the room we had randomized results versus the observer in the room seeing what you would naturally expect and for me that comes to collective agreements of expectation and how we just naturally follow these collective agreements without challenging them almost sort of dozing along in life and not recognizing that we do have some capacity again on some level of consciousness to impact where our expectation leads in terms of results. When we step into the nth degree of what that expectation can do, we actually see that by driving our expectations more consciously, intentionally, we can shift the landscape against which our choices and our our opportunities are actually popping up. Do we have control over other people? I don't believe so, but we do have the opportunity to set the landscape into which other people, places and things can enter into our lives, the opportunities that result, and therefore the choices and behaviors that we can engage in, in order to elicit a particular response against that, but it all starts with, do I have a conscious relationship to expectation or is my expectation being led by collective agreements, old ideas, unconscious programming, and I'm just bimbling along thinking that I've got no other choice because this is what I've been told I am to expect to happen. Go ahead.
1: No, go ahead.
0: We, that's interesting that you said that. I could talk to you for hours, mm-hmm. <laughs> likewise, oh, this I is know.
1: fine. We've taken up day already. So,
0: <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> We're going to get to your you're going to get to your plugs here in a second, but (laughs) We can't control we can't control other people, but we can control how we respond Yes, and and that response sort of has a, a byproduct indirectly of Controlling other people's and their response back. So in a sense We sort of can control other people by the way we respond to that
2: so I've got an idea that I teach called quantum overlays And quantum overlays was my way of just dealing with this dissension from singularity and the plurality of consciousness that exists at this space and how those dance with each other and dance with infinite possibility. Because every single strand of consciousness has got an infinite number of variations of itself, an infinite number of variations of expression, an infinite number of variations of the now in which we're witnessing that expression. So there's an infinite number of variations of you two. But mm. just as there's an infinite number of variations of me, there's an infinite number of variations of the moments that we've experienced together here in this podcast. But what's happened is, is, there's been an overlay of the variation of you, the variation of you, that matches the vibrational frequency of the variation of me. And as we continue this conversation and make conscious choices and unconscious choices, the landscape, and therefore the possibilities, the areas and the space of variation that are available to us to tap into, change too. I've learned from you, you've learned from me. We've now got different thoughts, different emotional frequency, our DNA shifted, and therefore different sectors of infinite possibility become available to us. When we're conscious, we can start to direct our relationship to which of those sections we're gonna relate to. When we're unconscious, which we are 97% of the time, that's an automatic process. But in that dance, every single snapshot is an overlay of aligned and vibrationally matching snapshots that we move through. So for example, right now, there are no other humans in my sphere. You are the only two humans that I'm connecting with. So every other human is like Schrodinger's human. There's, I don't know what they're doing. I don't know what my son's doing right now. I don't know what my daughter's doing. I don't know what my wife's doing. I don't know what my mom's doing. I don't know. So they're infinite possibilities, but right here and now this quantum overlay of myself and yourself represents where we're matching in vibrationally frequency. But Out there in infinite possibility, every other conceivable and even inconceivable variation of this now is happening, but we're not relating to it at this level of consciousness in this meat sack that we're sitting in at this level of consciousness. Does that make sense? It
0: does make sense. So if I were to just
2: leave the room... Now you've returned to infinite possibility.
1: Come back to my possibility
0: <laughs> this is me from a different f- field in time and space joining you i'm not familiar with this <laughs> i love oh, that i honestly i love that that's really brilliant because the way i interpret what you're saying is that based upon the field and the time and space that you're operating in there are infinite number of possibilities based upon the next choice that you make so mm-hmm. i could choose to pick up this phone call announcing that i just something happened, good, bad, ugly, whatever, mm-hmm. or I could choose not to, and that phone mm-hmm. call doesn't happen. So,
2: so. so and each we, one of those choices connects you with another life track oh, fuck of me. possibilities and quantum overlays. So for me, instead of, this is the thing, I don't believe in controlling, I believe in consciously creating. Mm-hmm. Control for me is what we try and do after the fact in order to remedy the, the the effects of a choice that I've made versus me. And this is where Reality Transurfing kicks in, versus me looking to the next slide, the next frame and consciously choosing what I want to quantum overlay with in that frame, creating my reality consciously that way. Then I don't have to control people because I've been conscious in terms of what people, places and things I've aligned to, not through them, but through me and my vibrational frequency. I love that, Daniel.
0: You talk a lot about it, Lisa, especially as it, as, it, as it presents itself to you as a photographer. When you're creating content with people, you talk a lot about conscious content creation. Because when you're out working with people, you're not just holding down a shutter button. You're actively directing, modifying, adjusting, changing people's personalities, changing people's context in which they're posing for you or working with you. And so you're consciously actively involved in changing their sort of reality. It's its sort of the same thing.
1: So they're my marionettes is what you're saying? They kind of are <laughs> for a little
0: bit. Okay. Um, well, my, my mind is blown as it yeah. was last time I spoke to you. <laughs> but,
2: this, but, thing, <laughs> but this works with everything.
1: In a good way, in a very good
2: way. Thank you. But this was even like with our business, we bring this to business, right? Am I a quantum overlay to the right clients? I can deliberately become a quantum overlay by being a magnetic attraction. And this is where the law of attraction comes in, by being a vibrational match. How? By being the best version of me that I can, by offering the most service, by consciously choosing to be in physical locations, digitally or virtually, that are actually gonna enable me to be presented with more opportunities. By me making those choices, I'm actually creating ease of flow for those things to come to me with more grace and ease. Versus me sitting around watching my mind movie or looking at my vision board and saying, well, I did my picture and it got a thousand likes. Why haven't I got clients now? Yeah. How can I show up as a vibrational match to the thing that I've said I want to create? And then what choices am I making in order to receive the physical benefits of that vibrational match that I've set in motion?
1: See, these are questions I should be asking myself like every morning as part of your morning This routine, is what I do. Do that. This every- is what I do. And then you've got your direction for the day. That. And if we're
2: doing it against your pillars, those five pillars that I spoke about earlier, it's like, okay, how am I feeling in relation to this? And what I like to do is focus on one at a time. I'll spend like a week just focusing on one pillar. How can I get another 1.1, another one, another one or more, another one or more, and then switch to another one? But here's the great thing. Because of another idea I teach called bleed theory, there is no real separation between these pillars. They're all the same central idea that I've got different hats on. So when I actually allow an uplift in one, I'm opening up to the possibility of an uplift in the others also, but I then compound by flipping through them in a circular fashion.
1: So uh, let me just ask you, this is just a standard question from, from the exponential, like your mind is just amazing. Thank you. (laughs) From you starting this, this thought process and being a leader in this, this strategy, how long did it take you to develop to where you are, that you felt like it changed your life and that you can share it with someone? Because these strategies and these thought processes and and the positivity behind all of it is not just, hey, I I came up with it overnight.
2: Well, I've been at this game for about 20 years and there's been a lot of fuck ups, a lot of pain, a lot of stress, a lot of getting it wrong, quote unquote, over that time. And that still happens, (laughs) right? But it's a willingness to see it as a big adventure and to roll with life to bring a jitsu thing into it, but okay, cool. This is what's happening now. Where can I expand? I aim to read a book a week. It's been a bit crazy because we've got a newborn, but I aim to read a book a week. I aim to have conversations that expand me. I, I curate my environment so that it's conducive for growth and expansion, and I do that ruthlessly. So it's an ongoing process, but it's one that I've been on since about the age of 16. I've been doing this for 20, 21 years.
1: Brilliant.
0: Daniel, this conversation is fantastic. Uh, I, I I would love to stay in touch with you. 100%. We
1: said
0: we are going to got, do that anyway. moving in
1: with him, remember? I know. What's
2: your address?
0: So just to kind of recap and plug you, so this is, is, is Daniel Mangina, and you can find him on www.dreamwithdan.com. He's across social media, the Dreamer CEO on Twitter, the dreamer CEO on Facebook and I believe you're also the dreamer CEO on Instagram,
2: correct? Mm-hmm. Everywhere is dreamer CEO, but Facebook it was gone, so I'm the. So Clubhouse, Instagram, Twitter, and all the other things. I'm Dreamer CEO, but then Facebook, I'm the dreamer CEO. And that's okay. it. Mm-hmm. So, Let's do it.
0: I have an idea I'd like to run by you of of getting some of your thoughts seated. Out, out to a larger audience that might benefit from it. So I'm gonna have a
2: conversation with you offline. All right, Daniel, it's been fantastic. Thank you. This has Brilliant. been cool. Thanks for this, guys. And, I'm, and we manifested internet working again. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> <laughs> what, 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 did you switch the it? In
1: the pudding right there. Did you <laughs> just, no, I just oh,
2: that's all no I just shut down everything and I just said okay am I being clean in my intention here? Like what's going on? Am I grounded? Am I centered? And I just took a couple of seconds just to recenter myself and realign, reset with my intention and to really get into the vibe of everything going groovy. And then I signed back in again. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. Thank you. Thank you.
0: Thank you. This has been fun. Pleasure. Talk to you soon. Defo. Cheers, mate. Wow. That was a lot that's a lot of thought stuff that i'm processing i was over here trying to figure out the best way to and we're still live i was trying to figure out the best way to to plug who he is and what he does but i really wanted to just have a curious conversation with him and i think that's gonna have to happen offline he, he's doing so many things that are sort of i'm trying to understand and things that i've really tried to dive into myself but haven't quite grasped the concept of some see, of them I wasn't talking about me, but I could have been talking about us and what we're trying to accomplish here.
1: Well, I think we all have those those crossroads where we're trying to figure out where's where's the, the end game in that. And he's kind of let it open up to there's there's an infinite amount of possibilities. Mm-hmm. You don't need to just do the one thing, mm-hmm. which I think a lot of people strap on that. This is what I am. and I'm going to be this. I'm going to endure to the end. And this is the only thing I'm going to do.
0: Well, that's a legacy that we were taught early on, especially not our generation per se, but maybe my father's generation, your father's generation it was, woman. It was kind of funny because I listened to Alan Watts and I listened to some of the older philosophers, and or like Napoleon Hill from. Um, What's the name of the book, Napoleon Hill's book? Anyway, and if you listen to some of the podcasts that they've recorded, you know, 50 years ago, the reference points are so completely misaligned from who we are today. And and the example was, as Alan Watts was like, if you want to become the best housewife that you can become <laughs> and you want to make sure yes. that you can Care for your husband and care and cook and make sure that the house is the most spectacularly clean house. You can do that if you will. I promise you it says that language. And if you want it from a man, if you want to become the best salesman that you can become, because that's sort of those are sort of the boxes that we were put in 50, 60 years ago. Go to school, get a degree, get married, find a husband, care for your house, pop out three and a half kids, have two dogs, white picket fence, and live your happily, happily ever leave it to beaver life. And it's a little bit different today, but it's still sort of the same thing. Go to school, get a degree, work for the boss, go 40, 50 years, get your retirement, retire, ha- take a vacation once a, once every year for 10 days type of thing. And, and it's, it's we're not taught to live are a we, life. Are
1: we harder to please now or are we just more awake
0: I hate that word because I don't know yeah. what it means. Mm-hmm. I think we're, I think that the the consciousness he talked about collective consciousness, I think the collective consciousness of humans is changing. I believe that people are starting to realize that I'm probably going to piss the people off. The idea of religion, Jesus in and of itself, Buddha, whoever, whatever you want to call it, is really just a metaphor for how you can live your life to the, and that that, all of us have within ourselves the ability, the God-like ability to do whatever it is we truly want to manifest. It's just a matter of like Daniel was saying, you can't just put it on your vision board and be like, okay, and let's wait for it. You, you have to put in the work in order to create your best life. You may want to buy a property in Mexico, but you can't just put that on a vision board and be like, oh, I'm waiting for this property in Mexico. You have to do the necessary steps in order to buy that land in Mexico to move to Mexico, whether it's getting your business successful, connecting with other people, networking, joining a mastermind, like all that stuff, it doesn't just happen. And I don't think a lot of people understood that 50 years ago to the extent that they understand it now.
1: I think he took a lot of the fear out of it and put instead put inertia into it, like being active in making that happen.
0: Well, he also makes it sound a whole shitload cooler than we do because of his English accent.
1: So, um, give me one takeaway.
0: Of what one takeaway. Said, uh, I probably need to get him on the phone and have a conversation really with him. Really delicious. <laughs> there's so many. My takeaway is is that it's it, I feel like I'm stumbling today because I'm overwhelmed a little bit with some of the stuff that we've talked about in the last two podcasts. I
1: like about him talking about being a conduit. Yeah, I, I think. So I think right now I'm I'm interrupting right now with everybody being so polar opposite, that's a huge lesson that we need to take.
0: I I have a couple of takeaways. The first takeaway is more of on a basal, simplistic level is that we have a choice in how we respond to people, right? That's a stoic philosophy. You, you, we always have a choice in how we respond, but what I love what Daniel said really specifically was, he always has sort of a choice in how he works and decides to work with people and instead of trying to convince somebody to to be this or convince somebody of his position he's just here to present his material and and to the people that he's in he's intentionally wanting to present his material to as opposed to trying to sell to everyone Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. so i love that and the other thing that i love about the conversation that we've had with both of the gentlemen today especially daniel was you know, we're sitting here trying to figure out what our secret sauce is. We're we're running three businesses. We're trying to figure out how do we coalesce the three to a, a common pointed goal-based perspective that we can truly scale our brand. And And I find it fascinating that the people that have really been popping into our life right now are sort of centered around that almost like helping us shape shift a bit mm-hmm. on our own and i always struggle with that. are they in our life and i asked a little bit about the observed observer because i'm fascinated by this concept did daniel come into our life today did jason come into our life this morning is cynthia in our life because those are the things that we're talking about and so they're sort of manifesting sort of like google drops data into your phone because you talked about it and the next day it's suddenly in your search bar Is that sort of the same thing that's happening right now? Uh, We'll be talking about that. So I need to have more conversations with this cat. So Daniel, if you're still listening, um, you probably need to finalize that last phase of construction on your home so that we can get over there. All right, you good? Uh, Yeah, that's fantastic. All right, I'm gonna bring you back.